1: Chad and Zay. Alright, let's go hour number three on a Tuesday. We gotta play this at Big 12 Media Days tomorrow and just see what happens. I'd like to see. I'd like to see Sonny Dyke's reaction when this one fires up. Alright, it's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. He gets you a beat to start every third hour. So, Zay, this would be uh, Jump Around, right? That's right. And Jump Around is... Let me see if I do it. I always mix it up with the other one. (laughs) The other one? Hang on, hang on. Jump Around is... House of Pain. There we go. Okay. Who's the other one? I always mix it up with... um, the is it the insane in the membrane song oh, oh cypress hill thank you i mix up those two that songs that makes sense yeah i mix okay. those up just a little bit but that's, i it's not bad okay i'm just trying to get it right house of pain i got it right on that one yo this
0: might be one of the coolest songs that gets played at college basketball games yeah I'd see it. I don't know. Do they play at college football? They, they probably do. Sometimes. Yeah, 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 not as much. But college basketball games, it's- yeah, especially if you have a predominantly Caucasian fan base, way easier to do than
1: the Swag Surf. It's funny you said that. You know where this is the biggest. Where? Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I believe I'm right on that. Camp Randall. I've got you set it up perfectly. As you were saying it, I'm like, "Wait a minute. I think that fits the fan base he's describing." Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I believe their fourth quarter deal is Jump Around. Okay. Yeah. I'm Not pretty so. sure. That's another one of those great things about college football, man. Where everybody's got their little thing. Yeah. Virginia Tech does Inter Sandman by Metallica at the right, beginning. Right, right. And then everybody's got their third going sometimes sometimes you go with the fourth quarter song. I would say that that one's also better to me at night. Something about, like a day game's okay, but jump around under the lights is a little different. Oh, man. A little bit different. I like that. Yeah,
0: we got to get our swag surf better. Like, I've seen... People at the mood, trying to hit the swag surf, and some people are going right when others are supposed to be going left. It's a catastrophe. We gotta, we gotta improve this year, 2024 season. Coach, we got a black coach for sure. We gotta get better. Mm.
1: We gotta get better. Gotta get some more rhythm. Hey, you know, I mean, obviously, it's not something that you normally look for for inspiration, but you know that school over in College Station, they got training for their stuff. So maybe just get some training involved.
0: No, that's too much. What what y'all be doing is a little extra.
1: You don't want to train up for it. I mean, there's. That. training,
0: and then there's what
1: y'all do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little different. There's training, and then there's church. Yeah. There's church practice. Okay, fair enough. Um, it is a busy Tuesday because we're getting ready for Big 12 Media Days. We'll talk some TCU and Oklahoma State coming up, Zion Williamson, some updates there. But I do want to get to this list because every time Zay has gone to the chat GPT thing, it has produced a wild conversation. This is the most hated College basketball players of all time, as figured out by the algorithm. Zay, normally we go ten to one, but I feel like I know who one is. Do you really? So let's wait. Let's still go ten to one. Okay. All right. Well, all right, I, I think I know who one is, but let's just see if I'm right. You go. Okay. You start at ten, and we'll see if he shows up right. before
0: one. So this list is interesting. Again, most hated players. In college basketball, all
1: time. All time,
0: here we go. So it has to be someone kind of recent, like, it can't be like Luau Cinder. Because nobody saw him play, really, with John Wooden. Okay. Like, you don't have old – but we're not going that old. Don't make some of
1: our listeners feel that old. I'm we got, sorry. We got I, listeners that
0: saw Lou play. True. I know go guys on, probably now. hated Bill Walton out there, too. John Wooden was treating, uh cheating his ass off over there and UCLA, I so Bill I Walt,
1: I thought Bill Walton might be. Is he not on the list? He's not on the list. Okay. All right, here we go. Number 10 most hated college basketball players. Ron Artest, better World Peace, number nah. 10. They hated him in college? That's what I'm saying.
0: I don't understand this
1: one. He didn't have a rep in college, did he? He played two years. Wasn't he St. John's? Yeah, St. John's guy. So he played in the old school Big East. Now, he is weird enough that I'm assuming he was weird at St. John's. It's not like he woke up one day and decided right. to be Ron test, Right. So, maybe. Maybe. I didn't realize he would he would yeah. have been on this list. Okay.
0: NBA, I get it. College, not so much. Yeah. Man, he was only there two years, but it's the Big East. So no, I'm with you. Everybody hates everybody in the Big East, <laughs> especially back then. True. Number nine, Yeah, which is also interesting for college, makes a lot of sense for the NBA, Reggie Miller. Reggie, okay Four years at UCLA I don't get it Now the only thing I thought about with Reggie On why he might have been hated Was because people love Cheryl Miller
1: Yep, that's what I was thinking too And he went to the rival Exactly He went to the rival He's little brother He's, he's always going to be in her shadow and people just decided to hate him. Yeah. And he did have an attitude out there. Oh, let, yeah, let's he was be cocky honest. son of a B. Yeah. He didn't start swinging that leg out there in the NBA either. Yeah. You know he was doing that at Polly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come on now. I agree. Agree. Yeah. All right. Number eight, which this is the biggest shock on the list. I don't know how this guy's on there. He's one of those ATX legends that what? doesn't get enough credit. Huh? Yes. Went to McNeil Mac- High School. AJ Abrams. What? I do not
1: understand that. How did AJ, what is the algorithm doing Some, to AJ? Somebody has
0: to take me back that watched Texas from 06 to 09 <laughs> when AJ played. I don't think he was hated. I know he was the little dude that used to light it up, but
1: hated? Wait a minute, what is that? Next, the algorithm's going to tell me the most hated Texas football player is Colt McCoy? <laughs> like, what? What are, what are you doing?
0: I love AJ Abrams. I'll never forget, Chad. My brother graduated '03. AJ Abrams graduated, you know, 2005. Uh-huh. They played them, and my brother he always brags about this. Sophomore year for AJ, he had he he held AJ to about six points. Ooh, yeah, St- still talks about it till this day. I would too. We'll go down in his grave talking about. You remember when I held
1: AJ the six points? Yeah, that was <laughs> a highlight of my career. They're gonna put AJ's line <laughs> on his gravestone, yeah. like yeah. that's what everybody will yeah. see.
0: A.J. remembered that every time he played, no, Bowie after really? yes, he would drop thirty-seven on us. 33, come in the buoy at the old arena and put up like 40 and stuff. Just give CC all types of fits. And he told a player one time, he was like, yeah, y'all ain't never holding me till six ever again. So AJ was a flat-out dog, and he talked a lot of mess. People don't think, just because he was a small 5'9", 5'8", dude, he talked a lot of mess, averaged 15 points sophomore year, 17 points his junior year, 17 points his senior year, AJ Abrams, he needs more respect when we talk Texas basketball. I don't get why he's on this list, but he was a dog.
1: Yeah, I don't get why he's on the list yeah. either. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, but I'm glad a Texas Longhorn made it. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, number seven. Do you remember Marshall Henderson that went to Old Miss?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Great addition to the list. Marshall was that dude. He was every ingredient you need. He was fiery, white chocolate meanness. He had tats. He (laughs) talked smack. Absolutely. I can see why he's on this list. He was like on the borderline of white chocolate
0: Jason Williams and just old Miss just trash. Oh, my God. And he he embraced it. Yeah. Like he He really embraced it. I loved watching him play. I could definitely see why he's on this list at number seven. But, yeah, man, he averaged 20 in the SEC uh, his junior year, averaged 19
1: his senior year. He was solid. He also felt like a guy that if you really were going to try to go at him in the parking lot, I'd advise you have a weapon on you. Oh, for sure, because he's going to be dirty. He felt tough, too. (laughs) God, everything about him just felt tough and nasty. All right. That's Uh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of him.
0: Marshall Anderson, number seven. Number six makes a lot of sense. Joe Kim Noah.
1: Joe, yeah, yep, yep. Back-to-back titles is going to piss people off anyway. That Billy Donovan attitude team that they had those two years, and he's one of the leaders. Always running his mouth,
0: he would do that annoying ass dance when yep. they would like take, get their trophy in like SEC championship. He was doing it, uh-huh. and he did it for two straight years because they never lost. I love that team. Lee Humphreys, Green, you know who else? Al Horford. Horford that team. Yeah. Corey Brewer. That team was flat out special and. He was the glue, Joakim Noah.
1: He is – yeah, I love – he's one of those guys that makes me feel old because I saw his dad perform too. Yannick Noah as a tennis player was so emotional. His emotion was a big part of his lore. Won the French Open in 83 and really made his name. But that's what I think of when I think of Yannick, and that's what Joakim was. Neither of them could perform without all that emotion. It was part of them. Right. Like they couldn't stay calm. It didn't exist. Yeah. So I get why people would have hated Joakim, yeah. Is
0: that when he – Win any big time majors or anything? He won
1: the French in '83. Okay, and, and and a French man winning the French Open—he cried like a baby. I mean, I love Yannick Noah. He was—I mean—just wore that on his sleeve. He later became their Davis Cup coach, and I think got him a Davis Cup title or two. Yannick is a legend in France in French tennis. Was he a big guy? Uh, yeah, pretty big. I mean, I'd have to double. I'd guess. I'm gonna guess like maybe six two six three. Okay. But he wasn't like 6'7", 6'11",
0: like his He was not
1: that tall. I'll look up Yannick right now and see how tall he was, but I don't recall that he was quite that tall.
0: All right. Now this list is starting to make more and more sense. Number five. 6'4". 6'4". 6'4". For Yannick. Okay. Number five.
1: Tyler Hansborough. Uh,
0: there Carolina. it is.
1: There it is. I wondered if Psycho T was going to be on this list. That wasn't the one, The main one I'm thinking of, but, yeah, they have, that makes sense.
0: I don't hate many people. I hated him.
1: Oh, Psycho T. Remember the game with Duke when he had the blood running oh, on man. his face, still knocking down the free
0: throws? When he gave Duke, like, 30-something his freshman year, Dude. I was like, this guy's different. Yeah. This guy averaged 19 points freshman year, 18 points sophomore year, 22 junior year, 20 senior year winning national championships for Roy Williams. Yeah, Tyler Hansborough, he was a hell of a player, and – yeah, If I hated him, he definitely should be on this list because I don't hate many players.
1: Not an accidental nickname either. That Psycho T thing, he lived up to it. Right. Yeah. Didn't
0: pan out in the NBA like he should have, but that was right when the NBA was changing to, hey, man, if you're not crazy athletic and you don't have an outside shot, it's Uh going to be hard for you to be a power forward in the association. All right.
1: We're up to the top four now, and I still haven't heard my name. Who's number four? Number four? Mr. Timeout, Chris Weber. Oh, Weber! Interesting. Okay. Hey, I think he, I thought he would get more love. Than uh, that. I guess I could see it. The Fab Five. Those that did not like the Fab Five, he was kind of the face of that team. If you're going to pick one guy, it's. I guess it had to be Weber. Yeah. Maybe Jalen, but it was probably Chris Weber. He's the. It, you were drawn to him. He was, I guess. If we, if I, if I went through it in my head, he's the most. He might be the best looking of the group. All due respect to the local star, who's a part of that show. Yeah, right. Ray right. uh, Ray. Ray is a very handsome man. Yeah. But uh, Chris Weber was a good-looking dude, kind of the leader of that team, so I guess I get why they'd hate him. Yeah, I mean, obviously
0: the timeout in the championship game. I oh. know a lot of people probably had a lot of money on Fab Five to win that against North Carolina. You go back and think of the money that he took which is why you don't see any of those Fab Five banners in Ann Arbor, yeah. which is still ridiculous. Didn't they Juwan... fin-
1: did they finally get him back, or are they still... I don't think so. Man, Maybe. They... I don't know. I, know... I want to I say the banners have come back, but they still haven't gotten the full Fab Five back, because Weber's still holding on to some of it, or somebody at Michigan doesn't want him. It's I not don't... as
0: bad since Juwan Howard's the head coach now. Yeah, that, that beef isn't as thick as it once was. I
1: think he's been in the arena, but up in a suite. They haven't had him on the floor yet. There's been a lot of weird politics going on right. with that i and hope I, I hope they can cleanse all that at some point point. and i
0: know Jalen and chris weber they don't see eye to eye
1: like they should i think you're right about that and by the way if you go back and look at that story isn't that one i may be mixing it up i want to say like the amount that he took that ultimately did all that was something really stupid like 600 bucks or something like that yeah, not, was nothing i want to say it was very little in the grand scheme of college yeah. athletics. But that's just – I believe it, that's that may be true.
0: A rule that they should make, Chad, which now with NIL doesn't matter anymore, but guys who got in trouble and took money that obviously went and made way more than that in their professional career, mm-hmm. like a Reggie Bush or a Chris Weber. Gifts, give it back. Yeah. I don't know who it would go to, but pay it oh. back somewhere or maybe like a charity that – for NCAA or whoever huh. and say, okay, they paid the money back. Whatever that we're taking away from them, give it back.
1: Yeah, plus what they did at the school more than pays back for that. Pay it they pay the actual thing back, but they gave more back anyway.
0: Exactly. Like, what are we doing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah so I agree. They're, they're still behind there. All right. So C Weber, we're up to the top three most hated college basketball players of all time, according to chat GPT. I still haven't heard the name I'm thinking of, Zay. Who's three? JJ Reddick. Oh yeah. Okay. That's not him. But it is a guy that I could understand. He is to me, I would have put JJ at two. Yeah. On my if you asked me, I'd have said he's two to the one I'm still thinking of. Interesting. But I get I get that JJ is uh, is high.
0: With what he did to the homie JD Lewis in that one versus um, two game. You always bring it up. I mean J for one, Rick Barnes. Why are we putting J.D. in the game? I I have to talk about this. Mm. Why? We're already down by 20-something. J.J. has 30-something. Why are we putting J.D. on him? I get it. We're desperate, Rick, but that's not a good move. Now, every time you see that highlight, you see J.D. in the fire black jersey biting on one of the biggest pump fakes you could ever Mm. bite on and getting hit with a step through three. Yeah, tough moment. So, J.D. Lewis, if you out there... He deserves to be hated. He deserves to be hated. He deserves to be number three. J.J. Reddick, cold J. as hell,
1: though. J. All right. So who's going to be number two here? I'm trying to think of it. Because if I want to go all the way, but you said we're not going back to like a Danny Ainge or somebody like that, Damn. right? We're not going that far back? Yeah, we're not back. going that far back. Danny was hated back in the day. At BYU,
0: he was hated? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean I
0: know he was head in the league. He was dirty as hell, yeah, yeah, but yeah.
1: BYU? Oh yeah, they didn't like him. As a Mormon? Oh yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, that, full, that full court drive he had in the tournament? Oh yeah, people didn't like him for that. I mean he was great, but they didn't like him for it. All right, number tell me who number two is, because I think my guy's number one. Christian Leitner. Oh <gasps> What? You missed it. Wait a minute. How is Leitner number two? Christian Leitner. Leitner cannot be two on this list. You mean to give me a really good reason for number one. I Okay, hang on. Who am I forgetting? That's, hey, he, is it obvious for you that, that he's number one? Not obvious, but I understand it.
0: Oh, my God. He's Who? another Dookie, too. Another Dookie. And he's currently playing. Super dirty. But, like, has that face of being innocent. He's
1: a current player that played at Duke?
0: Current. Not Tatum.
1: No, 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 no.
0: No, no Duke player that is a brother is ever hated. Kyrie? No. I'm telling you, no Duke player that's a brother is ever hated. It's always the Caucasian
1: one. Okay, so, and obviously, Hurley's way back in the day. You said he's playing now. He's playing now. A white guy. I'll give you another. Duke, who am I missing? I'll give you another hint. He likes to kick the. Uh, oh wait, um, uh, um, oh, the Grayson Allen. Dude? Grayson Allen. He doesn't need to go above Leitner.
0: No, I don't think so. Either.
1: Come on, uh, what are we doing here, algorithm? <laughs> when you said this list, the first thing that popped in my head was Christian Leitner. But Christian Leitner
0: was a d bag because he was cold.
1: Yeah, and that's he was true. at
0: Duke. He didn't kick
1: nobody while also being a good player at Duke and being a D-bag. D- don't he wasn't hurting, guys. Look, I'm not a Kentucky fan, but don't make me bring up what happened in that famous game. Don't make me bring up the chest stomp oh, from yeah. the Kentucky game. That's right. Like, Leitner had some dirty to him, <laughs> you know? But in terms of annoying and hatred, maybe I'd put Grayson Allen above it. Maybe he's more annoying in a way. 'Cause you're right, Leitner's annoyance kind of just came from he was a badass. Right. Yeah. He was just a Freaky four to five, whatever you wanted him to be back in the day, and yeah, just—he was one of the first like stretch fours. He could bust dudes up, busted Shaq up early in his career, busted all kinds of guys up. And being a white guy doing it, that frustrated a ton of basketball fans <laughs> back in the day. And he's a dookie, and it fit in the documentary. By the way, if you've never seen it, is priceless. Go watch the what's it? It's called I Hate Christian Laettner. I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is fantastic, Laettner embraces the villain role, too, man. He takes it all in. That's a great list. Grayson Allen ends up on top. I'm glad I didn't say it out loud first then because I just thought Leitner was going to be number 1. I, I would choose Leitner.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I would absolutely, too. Yeah, but Grayson Allen, he has that face, too, right? you just want to
1: slap the crap out of he him. He does have the hateable face. Back to Leitner. Leitner's hateable was because he was handsome. Yeah. He didn't have a hateable face. He just had, you hated him because he was that good looking, he was that talented, and you just thought, well, there's nothing you don't have. But yeah, Grayson is annoyingly hate Hateable.
0: Yeah. And he, had, he kicked multiple guys like four times, four different times. Yeah, he was you're right. People. At
1: least Leitner just did it the one time <laughs> that I know of. Like, I can recall that one stomp. I'm sure other North Carolina fans would tell me other stuff Leitner did, but he was not afraid of anything. All right. There's more chat GPT for you. Uh, coming up, Why Today Matters on this July 11th. That Zion Williamson update plus Big 12 Media Days coming tomorrow, including the Longhorn. Stay with us. It's the horn. Chad and Zay. All right, we are rolling through a Tuesday, getting ready for Big 12 Media Days tomorrow. All-star game tonight, home run derby last night. Vlad Jr. going crazy tonight. Rangers on parade, Astros involved as well. We'll see what the Midsummer Classic looks like from Seattle. Zay, do I have any shot here? Zero. Zero chance. This guy
0: is not... Well, I mean, he's rapping here, but rapping is not his first job.
1: Not his first job. He's an athlete.
0: No. Somehow he made a hit All
1: right, 20-some hang, hang years ago. He's an athlete. Let's get silly. Let me hear the voice and see if I can figure this out. Hmm. <laughs> um, hang on. Marshawn Lynch, no, I just saw him last night at the Home Run Derby. That's all I, only guess I had. What you got? Yeah, he was
0: out of control last night. He was great. Roy Jones Jr.
1: Okay, with his classic,
0: can't be touched.
1: Roy Jones Jr. Whew. There's uh there's a few boxers during my time that I wish I had seen the prime. Roy Jones Jr. is one of them. I've seen a couple fights. I've seen highlights and stuff. I wish I could have been there watching the full run because I know in his prime nobody could touch Roy.
0: Yo, he was wild. He would taunt you and shake his arms and do all of that. Antoine Walker shaking before he lights your ass up. And if you go and watch any of his highlights – most likely you're going to find this song in the background. Is that right? Not too many guys could say I have a highlight tape where I'm rapping Mm -hmm. and beating the hell out of people.
1: My entrance music and my highlight music, that's me. I do that. Roy Jones Jr., new edition. Shaka Koss, Billy Joel, and the Blues Brothers on the show today. The House of Pain uh, beat to start the hour was fantastic as well. All right, it is July 11th. We've just added something to Why Today Matters, so let's jump in here. We'll start with Zion and his diet. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialist. 512-601-0303 or com. All right, Zay, July 11th, and uh, you were talking to me about Zion earlier. As soon as you said his name, I thought, oh, Lord, here we go. The girl's thrown out the video finally or more you know, damning information about him or whatever, but this is actually basketball-related, a discussion around Zion and his development in the NBA, assuming he can get back on the floor.
0: Yeah, Zion was on Gilbert Arena's show in Vegas yesterday. It was kind of a live show, and they asked Zion straight up about his diet. And he went into it and said, Yeah, it was hard coming into the league, eating whatever you want your whole life, and then understanding that you got to be at a certain weight to be productive for an 82 game season. Mm-hmm. And when you have all the money in the world and all the resources in the world, it could get tough. It could get tough for some guys. I think we all just expect when you're a professional athlete, it comes easy because you're getting paid so much money. So you should already have extra motivation to be at tip-top shape. Well, it's not as easy for some guys. And some guys, in a way, get away with that because they're so damn athletic, Chad. Because they're, you know, just so freaky, they could put anything in their bodies and still be productive. But Zion, he realized very early that that's not the case, and he owned up to it. He told Gilbert Aranis and crew, like, yeah, man, it's been difficult, but I got a chef. We're on the right path, and I'm looking to make a lot of changes so I can have a very lengthy career.
1: Yeah, that's a good thing. It's good that he's paying attention to that because, obviously, with the weight he's carrying around and injuries – got to pay attention to all of that. The other thing you mentioned to me, though, I would be a little more concerned if I'm a Pelicans fan about the basketball development part. An interesting comment you saw from was it Rick Rick Buecher was breaking him down?
0: Yeah, Rick Buecher, he talked about him just hearing, you know, different sources around the NBA and the Pelicans and I guess people who work out with Zion. And he says that Zion has no interest in developing a floater or a pull-up jump, uh, pull-up jumper, excuse me. Rick went on to say, where are the floaters? Up and under layups. His pull-up jumper's at the elbow. Now, from what I've been told, he has zero interest in developing any of those tricks, tricks that Blake Griffin learned along with a decent three-point shot when the injuries started to pile up on him Damn. and allowed him to single-handedly drag the Detroit Pistons to a playoff berth, which that was probably the best version of Blake Griffin. That, those last few years in Detroit, maybe... 2018, 2019, 2017, 2018, I don't remember, but Blake had a very, very good season where he was a third-team All-Pro, and even though he wasn't as athletic as Lob City, Blake Griffin... You got to be able to adapt with what your body gives you. So if Zion's out here saying, nah, man, I ain't changing nothing, I'm going to be that same bruiser Charles Barkley type that jumps over everybody, that just moves everybody with my body because that's how I'm productive. Okay, cool. But we've seen that he's not able to last a full season play, playing that way. So if he wants to have a long career, He's going to have to change some stuff up. Like, now father time catches up with everybody, even LeBron James. Now, there's levels to this because LeBron James is going on year 21, and before he got hurt with that ankle in the Mavs game this season, he was, like, averaging 29 points a game. So there's levels to this, but – To be a great NBA player like Michael Jordan, somebody like that. Like Michael Jordan, crazy athleticism his whole career. But once after the first retirement, 96, 97, 98, you saw Jordan in the triangle and the post a lot more, shooting a lot more fadeaways and pull-up jumpers. He wasn't relying on his athleticism. And if Michael Jordan is able to look himself in the mirror and say, hey, I might need to change some things for me to still be on top of my game, then Zion Williamson needs to look at his game and look at himself in the mirror and say, maybe I could change some things so I can have a very long NBA career.
1: Yeah, if you're on a if you're in a versatility comparison with Blake Griffin and you're on the south side of the comparison, you might want to realize what that means. Like, I get what Bucher's saying. I don't disagree with what he's saying. Zion should understand what he's saying. And it is the the, it is that weird little the sort of catch twenty two he is in the bull in a china shop can only get him so far. Then it'll get him hurt. Then he can't play again, and his game won't develop. And then it's just going to be a vicious cycle of things. What would you if he was willing to add a little something? What would it be for you? Is it just a simple little floater? Is it just you know a little baseline jumper, a little short, get him about eight about
0: eight feet, something like that? Everything you can year by year, you gotta improve on something every single year. You're in NBA. When the season ends, you gotta hey figure out what do I need to improve at, and then Mm -hmm. focus on that one thing. Everybody thinks that you have to focus on a boatload of things. No, that's not the case. You gotta focus on you know one thing and try to perfect that as much as possible, whether that's your ball handling, your jump shot, your defense, your film study, like everybody has to improve each and every season. And for Zion, it would probably be just that in-between game, like the mid-range area where he could look guys down, maybe around the elbow, maybe on you know the short wing around 15 feet, and they're going to play off him. So to save his body, shoot that jumper. Knock it down. Or take a couple of steps in and then shoot that little sh- uh, little floater, that little Dylan DeSue teardrop. Mm-hmm. Like, think about DeSue, him developing that shot with Zach at BTY and stuff like that. Like, that was a huge part of his game this season in pick and roll. That changed Dylan DeSue. So, yep. like, Zion is not going to be able to rely on this athleticism much longer because it's been a problem like he's just so big him coming down on his you know on his legs and his ankles and stuff like that's not normal that's not a normal thing and charles barkley might be the only comparison to that but charles He developed the jump shot. When he was MVP in 93, Charles was hitting threes, hitting big-time shots against San Antonio and stuff. Charles was well-rounded. He wasn't just that guy that would be battling down low and getting all types of rebounds. He elevated his game offensively. So Zion, he has to do those types of things. Everybody has to do those types of things, but especially a guy like him who's dealt with so many injuries throughout his very
1: young career. Interesting stuff there. Keep an eye on that story. Plus, the uh, sex tape has not been released yet. Thank goodness. So that's good news for Zion as well. A couple other things about why today matters. Here's a couple weird headlines for you. Zay, I just saw this. The Athletic has a story out there. We were talking about Northwestern and firing Pat Fitzgerald. I hadn't thought of this one earlier. The story is titled, The Biggest Potential Wild Card in Northwestern's Coaching Search. It might be Paul Crist, according to Bruce Feldman.
0: Already? He's been Uh, here for two months.
1: I had not thought of that. Um, The excerpt says, yeah, Paul Crist, now an offensive analyst at Texas, knows what it takes to win in the Big Ten. And I'm sure he goes through it and he lays out some potential candidates. Again, he's calling him a wild card. Calling him a potential wild card. Just something I thought I'd mention. Um, Obviously, we know we have Texas fans listening to the show. Um, Also, we know we have Cowboy fans listening to the show. Oh, my God. This one's simple and complex at the same time. Apparently, Jerry Jones gave Clarence Thomas a Super Bowl ring. Mm. Couldn't make that up if I wanted to. Apparently, they became friends back in the day. Clarence Thomas did like a PSA with the Cowboys. They become friends. They're hanging out at games together. Jerry hangs with him when they're in Washington. I totally understand all that. And then he gave him a Super Bowl ring. I don't know what I'm more disturbed by, Zay. That or the fact that if you showed me the full list of others that have Cowboy Super Bowl rings, I might really start to get sick.
0: Yeah, why did Clarence Thomas do to deserve that? That's what I'm saying. I get it. He's the homie and stuff. Right. If I see Jerry tomorrow, I'm asking him. Hey, oh, Jerry, since you just passing them out to anyone, can I get something? Exactly.
1: I'm going to say, Jerry, I'm a fan, right. man. Yeah. <laughs> I can describe plays to you in, in games. Can I get I, – I won't even ask for the first couple. Can I have 20, 27, 28, and 30? Huh? I watched those games you know, front to back. I was with you the whole season, man. Come on. Um, also, Big 12 Media Days tomorrow. Uh, obviously, Texas is a part of it. Baylor, BYU, Houston, Kansas, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas. One of the teams I'm interested in is Oklahoma State. Not because I think they're going to win the conference or anything, but Zay Gundy is not bringing a quarterback, and I want to hear somebody ask him about his new defensive coordinator, Brian Nardo. From Gannon University, D2 school. I looked it up. Gannon is a private Catholic university in Erie, Pennsylvania. This dude, Nardo, took their defensive numbers to a spot they haven't had in 20 years. And that's great. But they're D2, and I never had even heard of them.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, you talked about it earlier. Gundy, he'll find you. If you could coach, don't matter if you come from high school, junior college, hell, junior high. If you can help, he will bring you on. Yeah. He doesn't have you know, don't look at his pride in that sense. And if they stay in that three, five, five system like they were last year, then they could give you, you know, they would give your life hell. But no Spencer Sanders, he's off to Ole Miss. It's gonna be very hard. Trying to get that back. Spencer Sanders, he was everything to that offense for the last four years. We know the trust that Gundy finally had in him last year. And I think that Spencer Sanders didn't have the year that he could have because he got injured. But man, it's gonna be tough. Like I don't he don't even believe in his own son. Gunnar yeah. Gundy, like I think he's on third string. So you got Garrett Wrangler. Rangel battling it out with Bowman, Allen Bowman. Yeah, right.
1: The guy that was at uh, Michigan, Michigan. Yeah. yeah, and was at Texas Tech, Texas before Tech, that. And Michigan. Yeah, played so, t- played Texas, right? I think so. Yeah, I think he's played played against Texas at, at some point along the way. Yeah, Gundy's always fascinating to me. So he's not bringing a quarterback. That's the other thing, not bringing a quarterback. But I'd love to hear him talk about after going with two defensive coordinators. Everybody knew. Now he's going because remember years ago when he when he grabbed that dude. I still can't remember his name. I was trying to look it up. The guy from Shippensburg College became his OC, made a name for himself, and actually went off to you know a bigger job after that. I want to say he might have been at Ohio State even for a year, but then, then you know, then Gundy took the play calling back for a little bit, and now Kate was it Casey Dunn? Is that his name? That's been there. Yeah, Casey Dunn's been there now for this is his fourth year, but now he's trying it on the defensive side. Right. I, I I hope somebody asks him that question if we somehow got lucky enough. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma always say no to us when we ask for you know one-on-one interviews. But I want to hear Gundy answer that question at some point. I hope somebody asks. Yeah,
0: excuse me, I meant three three five that defensive setup that Gundy was throwing around last year, a la Iowa State. I probably added two more players because that's what Quinn Ewer saw when they went up to Stillwater uh, yeah, for those fair. 30 incompletions. He that's probably fair. saw 13 players on the field instead of the 11. Yeah. My bad. I have a little PTSD from that
1: day. I did feel bad at the end of that game game when Quinn Ewers said, man, that eight eight four defense they were playing was tough. <laughs> was like, Quinn, man. It's, it I know it's fast.
0: I know it's faster than South Lake Carroll, Quinn, but,
1: what, what, man. That wind wasn't blowing that much in Stillwater, was it? My goodness. Alright, uh, coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds. Before we get out of here, Ball Don't Lie coming up. They've got a special guest uh, coming up today at 4.30. We'll tell you who that is next on The Horn.
0: Chad and Zay.
1: Ah. Uh, finishing up a Tuesday. Riding spinners? Yep. This is probably not an analogy for anything. This is just riding spinners. Yeah. Right. They didn't bring spinners back, man. Do you need some spinners? Have you ever had them? No. Anybody you know ever had them? Nope. What What is the that, – that's the ones where when the car stops, they keep going, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love those. Those I like. I never understood the ones that stick way out. What are those? Why do you have those? Oh. The big conical-shaped things yeah. that come, stick way out from the car? Yeah. I've never understood those rims. Yeah, that's super H-time. The spin thing I like, though. That's got like a John Cena WWE feel to it. Right. All right, who's this? 3-6 Mafia. Okay. Little flip. 3-6. Hey, we've just, I just made a wrestling reference. 3-6 Mafia is the one that did the Mark Henry song, right? That's right. There you go. 3-6 yeah. Mafia. Now, are they Houston? No, Memphis. Memphis for 3-6 Mafia. Okay. 3-6 Mafia. Roy Jones Jr. Yep. New edition. Chaka Kass. Billy Joel. The Blues Brothers. That is a music festival I would attend. House of Pain. Uh, rhythm. Uh, rhythm. The House of Pain. Uh, beat for you to start the hour i couldn't come up with the word uh start your third hour every day it's chad and zay with you on a tuesday dead week in sports all the weird stuff going on you got home run derby last night all-star game tonight espies tomorrow night plus they're doing a documentary on the jimmy valvano speech earlier in the evening on espn espies on abc tomorrow night and then of course we are in Arlington tomorrow for the Longhorn Day. Not just them, but let's be honest. Uh, the the Texas Day of Big 12 Media Days. So we'll have the show live from Jerry World tomorrow. Always excited about that. We'll get you as much as we can, content-wise, interview-wise. Hopefully, um, and we, we know you'll hear from Sark in the main press conference, but I'm hoping that tomorrow morning, if you're listening at 10 o'clock, I'm hoping that the Texas folks walk right in. They see Craig Way all tanned and rested and ready from his vacation, and Jeff Howe sitting right next to him, and they think, well, we just can't resist that. Oh, yeah. And that Light the Tower is going to talk to Sark uh, around 10. 10 to 10.30 is a Texas window right there with the live radio folks. So I'm guessing uh, hopefully – I would hope that our guys will get to talk to him in the morning, and we'll see who we get from 12 on. Once we get to our show, we're going to be kind of out of the Texas window. There's, like, Texas stuff before us, Texas stuff after us. So, frankly, Zay, I'm not sure who we're going to talk to tomorrow, but I'm looking
0: forward to it. Hey, man, I'll interview the janitor at AT AT&T Stadium because they've probably seen Dak Prescott recently. Why not?
1: Well, we could get a good breakdown there. He could get a
0: great breakdown.
1: Have you seen Dak throwing out? Did it seem confident to you?
0: Yeah, obviously Dak helps out with the trash around here. We've seen the clip of him missing the shot uh-huh. with the cup and then picking them picking it back up. I love so it. he's a classy guy. He probably helps around the whole stadium.
1: I just realized. I'm gonna tell you a Dak story here in the uh, stems and seeds and see if you heard this story. Let's go, Stems and Seeds. No stress, no seeds,
0: no stems, no stems.
1: Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Did you hear about Dak Prescott helping out the gender reveal? No. So they do a cowboy, like a quarterback camp. Fans show up. This woman brings the card with her, hands it to Dak Prescott, and says, I want you to be the first person, other than the doctors, to know what we're having, and I want you to tell me. So Dak takes the envelope, opens it up. He looks at it, and then he turns it around to her and lets her and her husband know they're going to have a boy. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Now, if you don't name that kid Dakota, you're just not trying. Yeah. Right, come on. Now that's got to be a little Dak. Yeah,
0: that's easy business right there. That's
1: got to be Dak Jr. right there. He's such a good guy. He is such a good guy. I hope by the end of it his football matches up enough because if being a good dude means you get to be successful at your job, Dak should win two Super Bowls at least. Yeah. Didn't he win Walter Payton this past year? He did, and you made fun
0: of him for it. I mean, come on. You acted like I was supposed to be sad about that. I mean, look, that's not the award we want at the end of the day. No. But I respect it. He is a good guy, and I do wish him the best.
1: Yeah, I do too. Hopefully that can work out. Speaking of wishing somebody the best, Dick Vitale's having vocal cord surgery today. All the best to you, Dickie V. I saw that on social media earlier, um, and we also have talked about uh, the Northwestern story. Pat Fitzgerald fired. Not that it's a leading candidate, but there is a story with Bruce Feldman today where he's listing Paul Crist as a wild card. So I don't know now if you're in the like insider media of Texas, do you need to reach out and just make sure? Yeah, Paul don't want those problems. He's in the ATX for a reason. I would if I yeah if I'm Paul Crist. I can't say no fast enough to a story. <laughs> hey, Paul, did you? No. No, 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 you didn't let me. No. no I mean, no, seriously, the Padme, Papi- no. but no, the North- no, I would just keep saying it until they understood what I was talking about. We'll see, though. That's just uh, a name that's been thrown out as a wild card. All right, Zay, you ready for Jerry World tomorrow? Yep, let's get it. Let's do it. They do not have Johnny Walker Blue on tap. I checked. Ah, damn. Jerry doesn't do that and he would make us pay a lot if there was there. Zay and I will be up there again, light the tower, and our show as well tomorrow from Jerry World. We'll talk to you then. Coming up next, it is Ball Don't Lie at 4.30. Check this out. Tayshawn Thomas, a former teammate of Wembenyama. Is gonna join, uh, gonna join. Ball don't lie with Rod and Harge and Patrick. You know Patrick's gonna love that. Talking more when They're coming up. Y'all stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow from Jerry's house. See ya.